Well, if you're in person, grab a seat. And if you're online, we want to say a special welcome. If you're in person, can you help me welcome everybody here who's online? We are so excited that you joined us today. My name is Tori Newman. I am privileged and honored to be a part of the Dream Team and on staff here at Propel. And, of course, married to our wonderful lead pastor. Love you, babe. Um, we right now are in the middle of a sermon series called System Reset. And how many of you guys feel like, yeah, at the beginning of the year, we need a reset. We need somebody to unplug you and plug you back in so that you can reset and start off this year right. And so we kicked off um, this series with 21 Days of Prayer, which you guys, today is day 21 of 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Y'all made it. And if you've been fasting with us, we are celebrating with donuts today to break that fast from Krispy Kreme. So come on, y'all celebrate because you get donuts today. <laughs> uh, but it's really been an incredible 21 days and um, just we like every year to just go back through the vision of Propel Church, whether you've been with us from the beginning or you just started coming this year, we want to make sure that you know the vision of Propel Church, which is this. We want you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And so this series is all about a reset on that of, man, like, Let's know God and find freedom and discover our purpose in life so that we can make a difference. And so week two of system, week one we did prayer. Week two, Pastor Nick taught on knowing God and taught about Zacchaeus and how, man, we can be in the crowd and still not be to Christ. And so we need to make sure that, man, we know God, that we are not just in church, but we are rooted in Christ, that we know him. Last week he taught on finding freedom on cleaning house. He had a whiteboard up here with um, two different kinds of words of like the fruit of the spirit on one side and the fruit of the flesh on the other and just about getting out everything that is toxic and really honing in and finding those nutrients from God and how we need to live. And then this week, I am going to teach you guys on discovering your purpose. How many of you guys want to know what your purpose is in life? All right, I think there's an innate desire in each and every one of us to discover our purpose so that we can live it out. And so before I kind of dive in and, and give you my spiel on how to discover your purpose, I think there are some potential roadblocks that you and I can run into on the way to discovering our purpose. Anybody ever felt stuck like you, you're like, man, I want to know my purpose so much, but I feel like I just keep running up against a wall. And so I think there are four potential roadblocks. And before we dive into how to discover your purpose, I want to talk about these. And the first roadblock that I see is that we don't know who we are. Right? It's, how to know what we're, it's hard to know what we're supposed to do if we don't know who we are. And I think the only true way to know who you are is to know whose you are. First and foremost, we can't know who we are until we know whose we are. 
We have to have our identity, but not just knowing who we are, but we have to have an identity that is rooted and grounded in Christ. Check out what Ephesians 2.10 says. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're God's workmanship, his craftsmanship. His Psalm says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Genesis says that we are made in God's image. And so we need to reflect that image. So our identity needs to be grounded and rooted in Jesus. And you're like, Tori, what does that look like? And so something that I encourage people, a lot of people to do, when you're spending time with Jesus, write your name in the middle of a piece of paper and pray and stop and listen and let God tell you who you are based on who he says you are, not based on who everybody else says you are. And I think if you can do that, if you can get your identity rooted in Christ, man, you are on the right track. So that's the first thing is we have to know who we are by knowing whose we are. The second roadblock that I kind of see us hitting is that we've got things in the way. There are things that are blocking our way, like Pastor Nick talked about last week. Man, we got a clean house. We got to get all that stuff out. Check out what Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says. It says, therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Sorry, I lost my place in my notes. But I love what, what the author of Hebrews says. we got to throw off everything that hinders us and the things that entangle us. Why? So that we can run the race that is set out before us. Do I have any runners in here? Anybody that likes to run or does run? Man, can I tell you, when I was training last year for the half marathon that I didn't end up running because they shut Disney down, but <laughs> when I was training, I would try and I'm not carrying a ton of water on me. Like, I'm drinking a bunch beforehand, and maybe I've got like a little chew that I'm, that I'm carrying in my pocket so I can get some energy later. But I'm not, I'm not taking a lot of stuff with me. Why? Because it's going to slow me down. <laughs> so if we want to run this race of life with endurance and with perseverance, man, we have got to throw off everything that is keeping us from running that race. And the sin that so easily entangles, because that's what sin is. It's a trap. We get tangled up in it. That's why we need to find freedom. So the first thing is, we got to know who we are based on whose we are. And the second thing is we got to throw off everything that's standing in our way. The third roadblock that I think we run into is that we are more focused on what everyone else is doing instead of what God is calling us to do. That we are comparing ourselves. We're getting caught in this comparison trap, looking at what other people are doing and being like, man, well, I can't be them, so I guess, like, 
whatever, like I'll just give up. Or we're looking at them and, and it makes us more insecure about ourselves. Or we're comparing what we're doing is not as cool or as great as what somebody else is doing. And so we get discouraged. And we're like, why are we so discouraged? It's because we're comparing ourselves to other people. Check out what Paul says in Galatians 6, 4 and 5. It says, pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Pay careful attention to your own work. Don't worry about what God has called somebody else to do. Because guess what? He called them to do it. He didn't call you to do it. If he called you to do it, you would have been doing it. But you're not. You're doing something else because this is what he has called you to do. I think we as, I think women are probably the worst at this. I, I think I'm the worst about this, about looking at other women and seeing, man, how incredible and amazing they are. And instead of championing them and pioneer them, man, I get jealous and all up in my feelings. And I'm like, oh, I'm comparing myself. I remember watching, so Pastor Nick had gone to this conference and sent me a link so that I could watch live. And I watched this woman preached, and she was incredible, and I was mad. <laughs> I was mad because I wasn't her, that I felt like, man, if I can't do that, then who am I? And I sent a text, and Pastor Nick encouraged me, and it was great and incredible, and, and I've seen her teach since then, and man, I champion what she's doing. I stand behind her and beside her and say, you go, girl, <laughs> And that's what we need to do when we see people. We need to cheer them on and compliment them instead of trying to compete with them. Because God didn't call you to do what they're doing. He called you to do what you are doing. And then, man, we can get the satisfaction of a job well done. Because at the end, God is either going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, or turn from me for I never knew you. He's not going to say, well, did you see what so-and-so did? And did you see what they did over here? He's not concerned. When he's with you, he's concerned about what you are doing. So don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Say, am I doing what God is calling me to do? And the satisfaction of that is so incredible. So first, we got to know who we are by knowing whose we are. We gotta throw off the things that are hindering us. We gotta be more focused about what God is doing in our own lives instead of comparing ourselves to what God is doing in other people's lives. And the fourth roadblock that I think that we run into is that we are saying no. Doesn't it happen though when, when you and I are praying and saying, God, man, show me my purpose. Show me why I'm here. And he's like, okay, and shows you. And you're like, nope, not doing that. But don't we do that? <laughs> don't, don't we look at God and we're like, can I do something else? As if what is God is asking us to do is not the best for us, right? And here, 
Here, I want to I wanna show you guys how I feel like God reacts. Feel free to laugh. It's okay. We're in church. <laughs> but, uh, but I think this is, this is what happens is, is God looks at us and he says, all right, Tori, I want you to go this direction. And you're going that way. But didn't I, didn't I tell her to go this way? Maybe, maybe she needs something over here. I mean, I've got everything for her over here. But if she feels like she needs something, she can grab something and come on. Nope, and she's still walking that way. No, hun, that boat leads to Tarshish. Nineveh is this way. <laughs> because disobeying God is what, ended, is what happened to Jonah, and he ended up in the belly of a fish. That, but don't we do that? <laughs> Where we look at God and say, actually, I think I want to go this way. And he's like, you've been praying for this. And I gave you an answer. And you're turning and going the other way. Mm. So we need to start saying yes to God. I remember, so right out of high school, I joined a mission organization called YWAM. Um, I spent uh, uh, two years total with them, and I was for sure, man, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be in missions my whole life. I'm going to travel the world and tell people about Jesus. And, and I was home in between schools, and, um, and God said, hey, after this next school, you're going to come home and you're going to stay. And I was like, no. <laughs> that's not what we talked about. <laughs> I don't want to do that. And, and he said, no, you're going to come home and you're going to stay. And, and the timeline he gave me was two years. Um, and I was like, cool, I'm going to come home, I'm going to raise money, and then I'm going to go live in another country. And, um, and I came home and I met my husband. <laughs> and we got married and we started this church. And can I tell you that I would have missed out on so much if I had told God no. Number one, I would have missed out on my amazing husband. <laughs> Number two, I would have missed out on all of you. And all of the things that God has done in the last six years. Yeah, six, seven. <laughs> We've been married seven. Church will be six this year. I don't ever want to miss out on what God has for me because it's incredible. And so I encourage you, stop saying no and start saying yes. Have your identity rooted in Jesus. Throw off everything that is standing in your way. <laughs> Man, and then be more focused. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Start focusing on who God has called you to be. And stop saying no and start saying yes. So what are we called to do? What is our purpose? I think Jesus lines it up really well. It's funny because he's like, this is the last thing he says and then he leaves. <laughs> but it says this in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, 
And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is our mission. The method may be different, but this is our mission. This is our purpose. This is why we're here. And you may look and be like, well, isn't that like church staff job? Yes and no. (laughs) Yes, it's our job, but not because we're on staff at a church, but because we are believers in Christ. (laughs) Because we are Christians, this is what we're called to. So, yeah, I, myself, Pastor Nick, the staff of Propel Church, yeah, this is 100% our job, but it's your job too. This is the last thing that Jesus said to do, so we should do it. This is, this is something, man, if we can disciple all nations, and you're like, man, I can't go everywhere. You can't, but you can go places that I can't. You have a place in your family, in your workspace, in your friend group that you can share Jesus with. And you may feel like, man, I am nervous about that. Bring them to church. At the end of every experience, what do our communicators do? They lay out the gospel and give an opportunity for people to say yes to Jesus. But you are the person in their lives that I can't be. God has placed you in positions that some of the rest of us don't have. And so start there. I love as well what Micah 6.8 says. It says, no, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. And you're like, Tori, that's really simple. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Your purpose doesn't have to be this crazy, complicated thing but this is what God require, is requiring of you. And some of you want a complex purpose, and God is like, just walk with me. Some of you want this long, drawn-out stage platform, and God's like, just do what is right. Just love mercy. Love your, your friends and your family. Show my love and grace and mercy. That's what he's asking of you. And you can do that anywhere. You don't have to to work at a church to do that. You can do it at your workplace. You can do it in your family, in your friend group. This isn't something elaborate that God has called just a few to. No, this is what he is asking of all of us. And then one final verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says this. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is his will for you who said yes to Jesus. To always be joyful, to never stop praying, and to be thankful in all circumstances. And this verse was super hard for me. (laughs) To always be joyful and thankful in all circumstances? Like, man, don't you know what I've been through? Don't you know what happens on a daily basis? The people that, the things people say and do, and I should always be joyful and thankful? And then it says, never stop praying. And, and that doesn't mean like, oh, you should be praying all the time and never end your prayers. 
But can I tell you that there was a time in my life where I stopped praying altogether, where I didn't want to bring things to God. And that's what it's talking about. Never stop praying. Never stop trusting God for the things that he said he was going to do. Never stop bringing him your emotions, your feelings, your, <laughs> your letdowns, your disappointments. He wants all of that. Be joyful. It doesn't mean you're happy all the time. But it means you look past your circumstances and you choose joy above it all. Because joy is not an emotion, it's a choice. It's a daily decision that we have to make to be joyful and be thankful in all circumstances. There is always something we can be thankful for. Always. There's never a moment in our lives that we cannot say, thank you, God. Whether it's for the roof over our head or the food or on our table or the breath in our lungs or the jobs that we have or our ability to go and spend time with our families, there's never anything that we can't be thankful for. And, and so some of you guys are like, well, hey, what am I supposed to do? Like, what does that mean my job should be? What should I do as my career, as my occupation? The truth is it doesn't really matter. <laughs> because you can do any of these things any place. And also, your calling and your occupation do not have to be the same. Sometimes you have an occupation to fund your calling. Amen. That's legit. That's what Pastor Nick and I did. We had side hustles at the beginning of this church planting thing. I babysat for people in Charlotte. Sometimes I didn't get home till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, rolled out of bed at 6 on Sunday, <laughs> came to church <laughs> to fund my, what God was calling me to do. And those things change. And you look at the lives of Peter and James and John, they were fishermen. You look at the life of Matthew, he was a tax collector. Luke was a doctor. When I was in missions, I worked three different jobs. Neither of, none of them were my calling. I worked for a fast food restaurant, I waitressed, and I watched people's dogs. None of those things I am called to. <laughs> but God said, hey, here's what I'm calling you to do, and I did whatever it took to make it happen. And it didn't mean that I just, like, God wasn't in those things, because I believe that he was. And the relationships that I built and the ability to share Jesus in the way that I lived my life was incredible. And none of that was wasted. So if you think that your calling and your career have to be the same, they do not. So don't neglect either. But how do you know what you're called to? So I have four questions for you to ask yourself for for you to kind of go to people that are really close to you and say, hey, can you help me answer these questions? And, and the first one is, what are you good at? What are you good at? There's a ton of things we're really terrible at. <laughs> but there's a few things. There's a good handful that we are good at. For, for me, man, I am, I am not good at lifting heavy things, okay? <laughs> I am also not great at networking but I married a networker. <laughs> but I'm great at organizing. 
my mind works in an organizational way and it works in an administrative way and those are my strengths and those, it doesn't mean that I neglect my weaknesses and I don't work on things, but it means that, man, this is how, this is what I'm good at. This is what God gifted me at. And so I'm going to use that however I can. The second thing is what energizes you? What energizes you? Are you energized by being around like 170 people all the time? I am not. <laughs> That's why this is great. You are there. I am here. I'm connecting with you. But I'm also not like overdoing myself. I like small groups of people, which is why I love our groups. That's, where, that's what energizes me. Man, if I can have like two or three people, that's great. <laughs> I can pour into you. We can really, really, really connect. Some of you guys love being around people all the time. If you could have like 30 people at your house every single day, you would do it. And that's great. That's what energizes you. The third question is this, what are you drawn to? Some of you are drawn as you're scrolling social media and you, uh, you see like a natural disaster that's happened. Man, you're like right on it. You're like, yes, how do I give to this? How can I serve here? Some of you, as the world has become, man, so many things are coming out into the open. You see things on human trafficking. You're like, how can I release those who have been human trafficked? What can I do in those instances? Some of you are drawn to raising up the next generation. Some of you are drawn to hospitality. Man, if you could just make people feel warm and welcome all the time, that would be what you did. Some of you are drawn to cleaning. Some of you, like me, are drawn to the admin stuff. But what are you drawn to? And then finally, who are you drawn to? Who are those people that, man, when, when you see, you know, you know when you hear somebody telling a story and you're automatically connected to them because of, of who they are? Or you're automatically drawn to the homeless community or to veterans, to, to nurses or first responders. You're drawn, man, you're drawn to your family. Some of you are drawn to students. Some of you are drawn to screaming children. And that's great. But think about who and what you're drawn to. Think about what you're good at and what energizes you. Because I think our purpose comes when our passions meet the world's pain. Our purpose comes when our passions meet the world's pain pain. And so where do we go from here? Because for some of you, you're looking for that next step. Awesome. Man, like, let I want to discover everything about me. <laughs> and so here's what I want each and every person to do. Take your phone out. I'm going to give you permission. Go ahead. Take your phone out. In the seat in front of you is a QR code. So open up your camera Scan that QR code. If you're joining us online, I want you to head over to propel.church slash online. Click on that connect card button. This is our digital connect card that we want you to fill out. If you're like, man, I, I want to discover my purpose more and more and more. We have a digital discover course with videos and assessments 
both personality and spiritual gifts assessments because I think it's important when we look at discovering our purpose to look at how God has naturally created us and the gifts that he has given us. And so we've got those. So do me a favor, fill this out right now. If you do this for me, here's what I'm gonna do for you. Because it's easy to pull up a link and then later at lunch, you're trying to figure out who was that guy in that movie and then the link that you pulled up is gone. So fill this out, put your name, put your email. And tomorrow when I get into the office, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna send you an email that has a link there so that you can easily find it and easily access our Discover course. It doesn't, it's not gonna take you very long. There's a couple of videos, two assessments, and a response card. And that's it. We wanna help you discover your purpose so that, and we'll talk about this more next week, you can make a difference. And so before you hit that submit button, I wanna, I wanna talk to some of you who say, man, you were talking at the beginning about being stuck in some roadblocks. And, and I feel like I'm, I'm stuck right there at the, at the first one, that I don't know who I am because I don't know whose I am. Because maybe you don't know God, but today you want to. You want to take that next step. And so there's a button there to indicate that you want to receive Jesus that that's your next step. And so as we kind of close up today with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today and you say, man, I want to accept Jesus, would you just lift your hand? So here's what we're gonna do. Nobody prays alone, we're all gonna pray together. So would you repeat this after me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.